Hey, this is Shannon from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron. Located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky, 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettlebell classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. History of science and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to next. It's a great big world with so much to know. Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better learn something fast. With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we're discussing the history of soda pop. Across the table is a man whose record for drinking Diet Cokes from McDonald's is world-renowned. Jason Creekmore, how are you, man? I'm very proud of that trophy, Shannon. Yeah, did they, did they finally give you one? They ought to give me one, like just like in my honor, like you know, like uh, like uh, erect a statue for me, like right in front of McDonald's. It's just me, like with a Diet <laughs> Coke cup, because really the food is sort of secondary. Right, you go for the Coke, the food is just a yeah. complimentary yeah. thing to. I that. go for the Diet Coke, the sausage biscuit is just a bonus. It's kind of like when you go to the movies, right? You know, the popcorn's while you're there, sure. For whatever you're watching, it's just yeah. Kind of, maybe, you know, maybe they'll play a movie, maybe not. Either way, they get their seventeen bucks. Yeah, I'm or good. <laughs> seventeen dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good either way. Now I hear that Diet Coke actually tastes better in a McDonald's cup, but better than it does in a can, better than it does in a bottle. Is that true testimony, or, or is, is that heresy? In, in my opinion, Diet Coke at McDonald's is like the best beverage that you can get. Really? Yeah, it's better than any can, uh, any other restaurant. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's just like their uh, their filtration system. I've actually heard people. <laughs> I know that kind of sounds funny, doesn't it? It's like we're getting like in the in details right here right welcome to slapdash folks (laughs) we're talking about restaurant filtration systems (laughs) but no i've heard people talk about that it is something to do with their filtration system there that for whatever reason the drinks uh and it's probably not just diet coke that's that's what i drink but uh it is significantly better i mean like it's almost a different drink there like if if i order a diet coke uh, Mm -hmm. at, at at a different restaurant it's good but it is not mcdonald's good and i'm not sure if it's the the cup you know mcdonald's actually changed cups a few months ago i don't know if, if you've, you've i didn't seen. catch that no yeah so uh it used to be uh, like like paper right then they went to uh styrofoam right and the, those are really good yeah then it went to like plastic There's like a plastic one. just for a little while and, and is, it, is it back to something else and now it's sort of uh like a mixture between like paper styrofoam and plastic it's a really <laughs> weird substance and it, it's pretty good to me personally the styrofoam was the best oh that's pretty cool now yeah. i had no idea which i'm not a connoisseur as yeah. you are. Yeah, so. I just talked a lot about Diet Coke McDonald's right there. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite drink, oddly enough, is Diet Mountain Dew. Really? Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Diet Coke McDonald's is, is the best. Correct. Yeah. But if I'm just walking into like a, a convenience store 7-11, or seven, whatever, yeah, it's going to be a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Mountain Dew every time. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. You, you stick to that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, let's go ahead and hop into the history of soda pop. And here in the South, we just, we just call it pop. I just call it pop. Yeah. Uh, apparently soda is tacked on there sometimes. Right. Kind of cool. I'm going with pop. (laughs) So soda pop, also called soda, also just called pop, is a type of beverage that has been around since 1767 and is one of the most recognizable and, dare I say, delicious drinks ever concocted. (laughs) 
It goes with everything. I agree. You just have to have a soda to, to wash just about anything down. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nope. But water just won't do the trick nope. sometimes. Not, not, not for me. Especially I, with like pizza, you know, like kind of greasy right. type foods. Yeah. Not that you should be eating you know, those, but the worst, like the, the worst foods can only be complimented with the worst drinks. That's correct. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. Good philosophy. <laughs> Soda is created by infusing CO2 with water in a process that was first discovered by a man named Joseph Priestley. And I think we should uh, take a moment of silence here, <laughs> just in his memory. <laughs> Priestley uh, was an English chemist, natural philosopher, educator, political theorist, and author of over 150 works. Wow. This wasn't the only thing he did. He is best known for the discovery of oxygen, but in the Deaton house, oxygen was his second best discovery because, of course, the CO2 system, you know, where, right. where we get pop, obviously, what was the best. Oxygen's good and all. I mean, I appreciate oxygen for what it is, but it can only take you so far. I, I've never ate pizza from Little Caesars and thought, man, I, I need a big cup of oxygen to go with this. We need to get a, a new Slapdash shirt made that, you know, says, you know, oxygen can take you far, but not as far as pop. <laughs> <laughs> Some things only pop can do. Right. When Priestley invented the process of infusing water with CO2, he wrote a paper on the subject in 1772, and I love the title. It was called Directions for Impregnating Water with Fixed Air. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love the 1700s, man. I, I think my catchphrase was a little catchier than that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he should have named his paper that. That would need a little more work. Right. For his discovery, Priestley has been labeled the father of the soft drink. I love how in science and history, we always have to have the, the father of right. things, yeah. you know, and, and he is the father of the soft drink. Priestley thought carbonated water could be a cure for a lot of things. Among those was scurvy. If you want to know what scurvy is, it's a vitamin C deficiency categorized by swollen, bleeding gums, ouch, and the opening of previously healed wounds. Wow. So instead it was of just thought taking that water could carbonated water could fix that. Yeah. I mean, so it's a vitamin C deficiency, so let's just skip the vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to the carbonated sugar water. Yeah. I don't know how much we knew about it back then, but <laughs> if we knew that much, yeah. you would think we could figure that out. Unfortunately, he was wrong about his uh, thoughts that carbonated water was a cure-all. However, in later years, soda would be sold in pharmacies, even though it, it really didn't cure anything. And we would find out later that it probably caused a lot of issues. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> the first soda machine was patented in 1819, and the guy working behind the counter who would sell the soda was called a soda jerk. So they were, they were kind of mean. Back in the 1800s. Yeah. I'm sure that had some kind of deeper I, meaning. I'm sure it did. I've, I've heard of that term. Yeah. No one knows exactly who started the fad, but by 1865, flavored syrups made from berries and fruits were added to the carbonated water. Suppliers started advertising different seltzers flavored with pineapple, orange, lemon, apple, pear, and yes, even gooseberry. I have no idea what gooseberry is. Any clue there? Uh, I've heard of it. I've never tasted it. I don't, I don't think so. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty low on the totem pole for me. Yeah, I, I would take all the other things first ahead of gooseberry. <laughs> yeah, that's like slightly above poison ivy. <laughs> poison ivy flavor. I'm sure somebody tried that. In 1876, root beer began to be sold to the public and was flavored with herbs, berries, and roots. And I know it's called root beer, and I've drank root beer my entire life, but I never thought about it being flavored with literal roots. 
Is that is that silly? Did, did you ever make that connection? Yeah, there it's goes. delicious. Yeah. It tastes good. I've but. never really kind of put that together, but thanks for that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I might take the gooseberry ahead of the roots, <laughs> yeah. possibly. The first cola-flavored beverage was sold in 1881, and Dr. Pepper was invented just four years later. Coca-Cola was invented shortly after that, but we're going to talk about those drinks in a little bit more detail here in just a little bit. After years of being a health drink, soda got called out in 1942 by the American Medical Association for having tons of sugar. Did you have any idea that cola and soda had tons of sugar? Nope, never heard of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Nothing to see here. Right. So in response, diet sodas were created just a little bit thereafter. We've already talked about diet sodas. You're a big fan. I'm right. a big time fan of of uh, of diet of uh, diet soda diet pop diet coke whatever you sure. want to say. Just, my, just whatever. My my grandmother was a severe diabetic uh, growing oh. up, and so around the house uh, when we I was at her house all the time, uh, and so you know all she had was was diet drinks, right? And right. so therefore we also had diet drinks at our house. So from a very early age, I mean like early elementary school, uh, we were drinking diet diet drinks. You know, I mean diet coke, diet Pepsi, diet whatever, but it was all diet. And so like from a very very early age. Age, I, I've, I never really just had a lot of the sugary drinks, right. I mean, honestly. You know, and I've had, trust me, I've had more than my share of diet drinks. <laughs> but as far as like actual sugary drinks, I've, I've had very few my entire life, honestly. What's interesting is my grandma did the same. She had the diet drinks, but I wasn't as easily influenced toward the dark side. <laughs> I stayed with the sugary drinks for a very long time, but my grandmother had not only diet, but it was like diet, caffeine-free, whatever you could take out of it that I thought made it really tasty what it was. and really good. It was just that. Yeah. But the ironic thing is nowadays, at least for the last three or four months, my family has strictly just been drinking like seltzer water. Yeah, I'm very proud of you all. Man, we're doing good, huh? You're doing very, very well. I mean, I've, I've looked at pictures and, <laughs> you know, what kind of, you know, sort of the updates and kind of kept yeah. up with that. And uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. It's been a good change for us. It's basically just carbonated water that's been soaking in you know, a lime or in lemons or in some uh, form of berries. I've but, actually had some yeah. of these. Yeah. You know, we, we have a fridge right. right over there. We do. And you always have various brands. And, I, I like and to keep a stock here. I do. I like dash. the, uh, what's the, uh, what's the uh, Dr. Pepper version? Oh, man. Um, like Fizz and Company or? It's, it's something like something that. Something like that. And the flavor printed at the bottom, you know how some of them will say like lemon lime or whatever. Right. This one's called <laughs> the, because it's an off brand. Right. It's called the Dr. Flavor. The doc, yeah. And it's just spelled out like that. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's even the in the stereo- stereotypical, like reddish, brownish can, just like oh, yeah. Dr. Pepper, yep. you know? Yep. So, Jason, that brings us up to 1942. Did anything happen with soda around and after 1942? Quite a few things happened, Shannon, like you'd already mentioned there. Uh, in 1942, the American Medical Association uh, recommended that Americans limit their intake of uh, sugary drinks. And shortly thereafter, uh, diet drinks begin to uh, be made and actually hit the market in 1952. In 1957, soft drink companies began using aluminum cans. Oh, the famous so, aluminum cans. Those huh? have been around uh, since 1957. In 1965, soft drinks in cans were placed in vending machines for the first time. So yeah. I, I would have thought that probably would have happened a little bit earlier. Maybe I don't know. I just when I started you know doing some research on that, that kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Did you know that those vending machines actually have? I don't know if you call it like secret codes, but things you can punch in if you're 
a vendor, someone who's working on the machine, and you can get data output on the screen. I actually discovered this when I was working at IGA as a bag boy. Seriously? Yeah, no, I didn't know yeah. that. Way, way back in the heyday of life, you know. Uh, so, so I was outside just kind of sweeping the front of the store. And as would be usual, I'd see one of the Coke vendors come to the machine. Right. He'd start to stock it. And I noticed that he would punch in like a code almost by pressing the buttons. He'd hit like Coke, Coke, Mellow Yellow, Grape, <laughs> Coke, whatever. And it would put up a little display. And one day I just kind of asked him, why, why do you do that? And he just kind of, he said, come here. And, and he kind of waved me over. <laughs> Let me show you, boy. <laughs> Let me show you the ways. And uh, I became a Jedi that day. But uh, no, he, he kind of waved me in. He showed me the code. And whenever you punch in a certain sequence there, it shows you things like how much pop is in the machine. It shows you how much money is in the machine. And just no various. Way. Uh, yeah, just, just various uh, different data elements. And he said it's rumored that five or six years prior to that story, uh, he said that there was a free pop code. Oh, <laughs> the rumored oh, free pop man. Code. That's sort of like the, uh, you know, the old uh, video games like Mario and Contra and Mike Tyson, where you <laughs> have to memorize you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, whatever, you know, <laughs> you do the code and it's just, you know, free drinks all day long. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's my vending machine that's, story. That's a, that's a good vending machine it story. Sure is, and I'm, I'm still holding out for that one day, one day I'm going <laughs> to walk up and just tap the right combination that's, and, you know, it's just going to flow, that, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, by, by 1970, soft drink companies began using plastic bottles. Now, I, I personally, if I'm drinking soft drinks, I mean, again, if I'm at a restaurant, I love McDonald's and the cups and all that, you get what you get, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but if I go in to buy a soft drink, I'm always going to buy the bottles instead of the cans. Yeah. I know some people are the total polar opposite. You That's know. me. I'm yeah, opposite. A lot, of, a lot of people, it's sort of 50-50 down the line. Yeah. I think that's why you still see. It's more of a volume thing. Uh, yeah, though, also. You know, also, yeah. yeah. Uh, during the 1970s, uh, 80s, and early 90s, soft drinks uh, just kept growing in popularity. Uh, so just listen to this uh, statistic. In 1950, the average person drank 10.8 gallons of soda per year. Which to me, like by today's standards, that's extremely low. I was going to say that's pretty low. Yeah. If we're being honest I'll do, with ourselves, I'll do ten. <laughs> I'll do ten point eight before Wednesday. Uh, so, so yeah. So uh, again, in nineteen fifty, the average person drank ten point eight gallons of soda per year. By two thousand. 50 years later, that number more than quadrupled to 49.3 gallons. I can believe per that. year. Now that's that's quite. I mean, 10 that's, gallons that is like, like that's lot. really not that much in a year. 10 doesn't really hit you. You, right. you don't think, eh, yeah, 10. I probably drink 10 gallons of maybe like orange juice, maybe. Yeah, I maybe. mean, milk, whatever, you yeah. know, but but 49 gallons. Yeah, when you're, when you're soft drinks. 50 gallons of soft drinks. Yikes. Yeah, that's some sugar. Yeah, it is. Uh, so in, in the mid-90s, uh, specifically 1994, studies showing links between sugary drinks and weight gain were reported. Soon after, tons of negative reports came out slamming soft drink companies in connections to type 2 diabetes, childhood obesity, and tooth decay were also indicated. So from about you know the mid-90s to late-90s, things started to kind of be a little rough for uh, soft drink companies because people really started to kind of investigate what's going on here, right? So so not so good for big cola. Not so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always big something. Big cola going down, right? So many governmental bodies uh, passed increased taxes on soft drinks and some cities and states passed legislation uh, to forbid restaurants to serve drinks larger than 16 ounces. I, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And what's, what's so funny about that is that obviously we have, you know, like right here, we have a 12 ounce can in front of us. Uh, this is a or 20 ounce uh, bottle. These seem very normal. Right. But I mean, you go to restaurants and it's like 
32 ounces, 64 ounces. I mean, it's no wonder because, I mean, yeah. we're basically drinking a half a gallon at a time when we're drinking it. So It's kind of no easy one. to meet your 50-gallon quota when you're drinking a <laughs> yeah. half gallon yeah. at a time. I mean, It's like, like a bucket of popcorn I mean, really, pop. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, we pulled into uh, Hardee's the other day with my daughter, and we were picking up breakfast to go, and so she got a, a large Diet Coke. And I'm a grown man, and it, and I had it took two hands for me to, to hold it for me to hold to, it to wield it <laughs> yes. you have to change your verbiage when you're holding like a 64 ounce sugar drink i'm like here you go my child i, be- I bequeath you 64 I say, and, and you don't give it away you bestow you know that yeah. that ounceage i bestow 64 ounces of sugary glory upon thy head but uh, but yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it's it's just crazy. So from from 1995 through 2015, the New York Times reported uh, actually a 25 percent decrease in profits. Big Cola is still doing very well, right? I mean, sure. we still have Super Bowl commercials, and we have all kinds of rock stars and, and different folks, you know, and it, it's available everywhere. Yeah, the the Coke polar bear did not <clears throat> shut down it, the it shop. Did, it did not die. No. So you know, but they did notice a decrease in profits, uh, pretty much because of just health awareness. I yeah. mean, more more than anything. But of course, also, uh, obviously, Pepsi and Coke, the two big companies, Aquafina, Dasani, That's right. you know, that started to kind of emerge about that same time when they when they said, you know, whoa, people are going to start drinking water more. Hey, we better, we better, start we better make some water. Shannon, that's about all I have in terms of the history of, up into where we are today. So before we start taking a look at some specific kinds of soft drinks, let's take a little break and learn a little bit about our Slapdash products. Let's do that. Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store store welcome back we are discussing the history of soda pop and we're getting ready to get into a conversation about some of the more specific sodas that we are all very familiar with and we're going to start right at the top of the list in my opinion and that's coca-cola Jason, this is probably the most prevalent drink in the world. I mean, it's a mon- it's a juggernaut of sugary, syrupy goodness. It's just awesome, you know. And I'm one of the rare people that I'll take. Well, of course, I, I I just drink diet, you know, diet drinks. But I will take Diet Coke all day long over Diet Pepsi. Yeah. But I will take Diet Mountain Dew over both. Oh, and so okay. Diet Mountain Dew is obviously owned by Pepsi. Sure. But in terms of just the two big juggernauts head to head, I will take either Coke or Diet Coke over pepsi can that's you, just me yeah and can you tell a huge difference between just coke and pepsi i mean does it hit you right away uh, it does me yeah pepsi actually tastes to me it tastes more sugary and a little more syrupy to me coke tastes there's something about it it's a little more kind of airy yeah almost i don't know but to me i can definitely tell the difference on i've it. talked about this before with another coke aficionado that we're both familiar with miss deborah dobson shout out to her she's one of our co-workers at the college <laughs> she's great yep absolutely she and i have talked about coke before and there's something about coke that just sort of burns your throat a little bit more but in a good way in a good way yep. and, and i know that sounds terrible like why would you want your throat to burn <laughs> All right. that, that sounds 
bad, but it's something that you crave if you are right. a, a fan of Coke. Right. As soon as you get that first drink, it just sort of just kind of singes your esophagus <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and that's a feeling I'll take every day. It's a good one. So the American Medical Association. <laughs> oh, did, did they have something to say? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But no, you're, you're totally right. I kind of liken, uh, liken it to uh, when you're eating like peanut butter crunch yeah. or Captain Crunch, how it basically annihilates the roof of your mouth. Oh, it's terrible, but it's great. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. like smiling and you have blood between your teeth. And it's, <laughs> I love this cereal. It's so yeah. great. But you just keep eating it. But right? you know what you're in for. Right. And same way with these. Same Same with these thing. drinks. Absolutely. So turning our attention just to Coke or Coca-Cola. It was first invented in the late 19th century by John Stith Pemberton. The drink's name refers to two of its primary ingredients, coca leaves and cola nuts, which are a source of caffeine. So that's where we get Coca-Cola. The Coca-Cola formula remains a trade secret. However, a variety of reported recipes and experimental recreations have been published. I always thought it was fascinating that you could keep something secret like a formula. I always thought there was a way to sort of break that down and dissect it and distill it and find out exactly what's in there. Some people have attempted it, but it's it's behind lock and key right somewhere the first servings of coca-cola were sold for five cents per glass which is very fascinating to me because nowadays i mean you know if you go in and you buy a bottle of coke it costs you know a dollar fifty two dollars i think they just recently upped the price on on the larger bottles but this stuff only costs like five or ten cents to produce even today and that's hmm. very evident whenever I was uh, working at Burger King as a teenager. That was one of the first jobs I held. I had to go back and change the soda machines sometimes. And whenever I go back there, I was fascinated the first time. It was kind of like the Wizard of Oz when they just pull back the curtain <laughs> and, you know, you just see what how the world really works, right. you know. So I go back to the, the pop room as we called it and I sort of pulled back the curtain and they there were just these boxes of syrup and it was just being pumped through this carbonated water hose and it was creating pop <laughs> it just just kind of blew my mind at the time but it also showed me that man they can make hundreds literally hundreds of cups of pop out of just this one little bag of syrup right and, and i mean the value there that they're getting they're just making money fist over fist oh yeah it's just it's just crazy in the 1800s some coke enthusiasts gave a drop of the beverage to infants to calm them down well why wouldn't they have you heard about this <laughs> This was prior to the identification of many health risks associated with sugar water. (laughs) Yeah. I know several people uh, growing up. Even today. Or, well, at least back then. Well, I mean, not that long ago. It's not been too long ago. That that would put Mountain Dew in baby bottles. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, like. That that has happened. I mean, straight Mountain Dew, right? And and you wonder how the, the, you know, how come that the uh, two-year-old hasn't settled down for the nap for the night or whatever. (laughs) Oh, they'll settle down for about five minutes until that drink gets through them. But, yeah, it's, uh, it was in in the 1800s, though, when this was being marketed as like a pharmaceutical thing. They thought, oh, yes, it cures scurvy. You know, it cures. Scurvy must have been a bad deal. <laughs> it must have been pretty prevalent, people <laughs> running around with scurvy. But, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit, and Coke actually did change their formula one time. Do you remember the concept of New Coke? You ever heard of that or, or saw the branding? It said New Coke on the label. It happened th- like in 1985. I, uh, vaguely, vaguely, I think so. So in 1985, New Coke debuted, and it persisted all the way up till 2002. And the thing about new coke is that it used fewer ingredients it was cheaper to produce and it tasted like mud 
It was just terrible. People who were fans of Coke out cried. They rioted. <laughs> they, we they all went, have scurvy. <laughs> they all call it scurvy. <laughs> We've developed scurvy. <laughs> they, they tried to rename the beverage Coke 2 to make it sound a little bit more appealing to people, you know, like Coke the sequel. But consumers, they just weren't interested, and they demanded that the classic soda formula be reinstated. And it was actually brought back a few months later after New Coke was introduced. But <laughs> New Coke as a formula itself did stick around for 15-plus years. They, they just kept trying to push it and push it, hoping it would catch on because if they could sell new Coke, they were saving on ingredients. They were buying things that were a little bit cheaper to oh, sure. produce. And I think they said they would have saved an estimated like $50 million, something like that, if they could have stuck with the other formula. But <laughs> so people wanted their classic <laughs> Coke, sir. Drink the mud juice that's right. and be happy with it. <laughs> so that's Coke. Jason, uh, what other drinks are we going to talk about here this evening? Oh, I don't know. Let's say Pep. Pepsi. Right. Well. we'll just go with Pepsi. I've heard of Pepsi. So Pepsi was created in 1893 by Caleb Bradham in Newburn, North Carolina. And Bradham was a pharmacist and created Pepsi as an energy booster and to aid in digestion. So just like Coke, there were some uh, medicinal things, huh? pur- purposes sure, yeah, happening sure there. there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So more and more people began to purchase Pepsi. And in 1903, Bradham moved into a warehouse to manufacture Pepsi. So he had to kind of like, a, hey, I'm just going to stop being a pharmacist and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to make this I'm going to make this pop here. Yeah, right? sure he is. So in 1903, they started to make more and more of it. And during the early years, Pepsi was actually called Brad's Drink. Was it? Really? That was the name of it. Yeah. Brad's Drink. Yeah. Caleb Bradham was his name, and it was called Brad's Drink for for several years. Okay. In 1923, uh, the Pepsi-Cola company entered a bankruptcy, so actually a few different investors kept Pepsi alive there uh, shortly after uh, World War I. Mm -hmm. And actually, from 1922 to 1933, the Coca-Cola company had three different opportunities to purchase Pepsi outright. Did they? But they passed all three times. Ooh, they said, this company will not compete with us. But they were wrong. And here we are, right? Yeah. Which I think Coke's probably still outpaces Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, overall it does. Yeah. So so Pepsi made a major comeback starting in 1934 with the introduction of a 12-ounce bottle, Shannon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Getting out of hand. That's right. It, uh, originally, it was six ounces. So the, the new 12-ounce bottle was also followed up with a catchy little jingle. Oh, so, how, how did that go? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because I, <laughs> I think I actually have it here. So the jingle went, <laughs> went a little something like this. So you, you have to imagine now, six ounces was sort of the status quo. That's right. right. So this is double that. Now, whoa, here we go. 12, right. 12 ounces, so which today, like, we wouldn't even give an infant 12 ounces. Like, an infant <laughs> has to get 16. That's just a drop yeah. in the bucket of our 50 Why gallons. are we even going through the drive-thru? That's right. I can hold this with one hand. <laughs> All right. So this jingle went, Pepsi-Cola hits the spot. 12 full ounces, that's a lot. <laughs> Twice as much for a nickel two, Pepsi-Cola is the drink for you. Oh, that's pretty That's pretty clever. That's pretty good. Yeah, 12 ounces. Man, that's yep. a lot, according <laughs> to the jingle. And according to 1934. That's right. So over the decades, Pepsi and Coke uh, went to war for the taste buds of America. But in the 1970s, Pepsi began conducting blind taste tests in malls and supermarkets across America. And this was called the Pepsi Challenge. So are, are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. I heard about this, the right? Pepsi oh, Challenge yeah. for sure. So Pepsi has featured many musicians, athletes, movie stars in promoting uh, its products. Uh, there have been many memorable commercials, but the most savage commercial savage of all time, <laughs> Shannon, was aired in 2007. All right. Okay. 
All right. So picture this small, like little town, right? In sort of like, you know, a, a rural area. A boy walks up to this soda machine. Okay. He, he has some change in his hand, right? So he has some coins. Right. He puts the coins in. He gets out. He pushes the Coke button. Uh-oh. Coke falls out. Okay. He gets the Coke. He sets the Coke down on the ground right in front of the machine. He puts in more money, pushes Coke. Another Coke falls out of the machine. He puts that Coke, puts that on the ground. Okay. He then stands up on both of the Coke bottles push or cans puts more money in the machine and <laughs> oh, then no. finally he can reach the pepsi button oh no <laughs> so he hits the pepsi button pepsi drops out he gets the pepsi and then just walks away and the two co- cokes are just, just on the ground yeah so he literally bought two cokes just for the opportunity to get one pepsi all right here's a fascinating thing about that so coke and pepsi were in the same machine we're in the same machine yeah uh, okay that's, that's what i thought <laughs> but for this commercial it worked i was going to suspend reality for a little while i love that though that's, how cool is that that's pretty and the boy never says it worked. He, that's just that's what he it. was up he to. He just nope, gets it and walks. He's going to pay three times the price to get a Pepsi. That's pretty much what he what he did. Yeah, savage. So a few interesting facts about Pepsi. Pepsi was the first soft drink company to offer uh, their product in a two liter bottle. Pepsi was the first company to use skywriting. Uh, for advertisement. Oh, uh, really? I thought that was pretty cool. Pepsi was the first American product, period, to be manufactured, marketed, and sold in the Soviet Union. Oh, okay. Wow. And then finally, Pepsi, even though overall soft drink sales are down, Pepsi uh, did report $67 billion in revenue with $5 billion in profits. Sorry about the downturn. Yikes. <laughs> You're still making $5 billion. Well, with little kids standing on top of Coke cans to buy right. Pepsi. There you go. Surely. All right. So, Shannon, what do you have next? So, Jason, I have a drink who acquired its PhD. Do you, do you, are you oh, aware of uh, Dr. Pepper? Yeah. I like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and Dr. Pepper, as with all of these drinks, was invented by a pharmacist. Man, those pharmacists, what were they doing? I don't know. <laughs> Just brewing I mean, soft Do drinks? you have to be a pharmacist of some sort? To in order to like create a soft drink, I mean, is that just like a, a prerequisite to do that? I don't know. I wonder if some, at some point these drinks really did have medicine in them because they're all invented by pharmacists. The, the pharmacists are prescribing these drinks right. to cure ailments, <laughs> scurvy being among them. I mean, come on! I'm going to give you a, a prescription of penicillin and uh, <laughs> a small <laughs> a, a small dose of uh, diet, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Uh, a pharmacist named Charles Alderton created Dr. Pepper in 1885. Alderton worked at a drugstore in Waco, Texas, owned by Wade Morrison. Legend has it that Morrison named the drink Dr. Pepper after the father of a young girl he once was in love with. Isn't hmm. that fascinating? Pretty cool. So he uh, dated young Miss Julia Pepper. I don't know what her real name would have been. Works but, for me. Yeah, in honor of her father said, hey. Dr. Pepper. Here's our new pharmaceutical miracle. But before it was named Dr. Pepper, people just called it Waco because it was invented in Waco, Texas. Oh, really? Sure. I didn't know that. So they called it Waco. They sure did. Yeah. So I learned something new today. We'll one up the Pepsi one. What was it again? The Brad's drink. Brad's drink. (laughs) I I like Waco better. Yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking? Waco. Waco. (laughs) Dr. Pepper is actually the oldest major soft drink brand in America. It made its appearance as a national brand in 1904 and was marketed as a brain tonic and energizing pick-me-up. So if you wanted to get a little bit smarter and you wanted to feel a little bit more with it throughout the day, Dr. Yeah. Pepper, man. A brain tonic. 
Brain I like tonic. that. I think that I think well, that what do you think a brain tonic is. I don't know, but I think that would work like right now. Yeah. That makes me want to go get one like as soon as I leave here. <laughs> I think that has like positive but also negative connotations. I, I don't really know if I want anything over the counter that affects my brain in that way. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is part of the Dr. Pepper Snapple group, which includes other beverages such as Snapple, Seven Up, A and W Root Beer, Sun Kissed, Canada Dry. Hawaiian Punch, RC Cola, Diet Riot, Slush Puppy, and many others. <laughs> slush Puppy. Slush Puppy. Are in you there, sure man. on that one? I'm I'm positive about that. It's like the Justice League of drinks. It sure right? is. Yeah. yeah. In 1963, Diet Dr Pepper was introduced as Dietic Dr Pepper, and sales suffered as a result of the unusual and probably pretty horrible name <laughs> Dietic. Dr. Pepper. What's that even mean? Uh, Just go with Waco. (laughs) Three years later, the name was changed to Diet Dr. Pepper. And Jason, I would argue that of all the diet products, Diet Dr. Pepper, to me, tastes more like the real thing than any other. But that's just me. I would agree with that, yeah. And I don't know why, but it must be like, it has like a distinctive cherry type flavoring, and it sort of overrides everything else. So even in the diet form, it still tastes very sugary and authentic kind of way. My oldest daughter, she really loves uh, Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, and she's been drinking a lot more diet drinks. And so, but it's so funny, because like the last couple of years, anytime we go to a restaurant, she will always ask, you know, do you have Dr. Pepper? And the waitress will always make that look (laughs) Like we have Mr. Pibb, you know, and it's like that. I'm sorry, we have kind of apologetic. Yeah, and it's so funny because Kennedy will say, uh, "You don't have to." No, Kennedy will say, "You don't have to apologize for that." (laughs) She said, "Give me the Pibb. Pibb's just as good." You know, it's so funny the the interaction between Kennedy and the uh, waitress. I love that. Here's a fun fact about Dr. Pepper, Jason. There is no period following the doctor in Dr. Pepper. The period was discarded in the 1950s for stylistic and legibility reasons. They said it looked more like D.I. Pepper, like Diet Pepper. And I looked at the font, the original scripting, and I'm not sure what it is about that period down there, but somehow it does throw it off a little bit. And it doesn't look like Dr. Yeah. So if you've not looked at the Dr. Pepper logo in a while, check it out. There's no period period after the doctor. I didn't really realize that. Another fun fact, in 1972, Dr. Pepper sued Coca-Cola for trademark infringement based on a soft drink marketed by coca-cola called pepo (laughs) pepo i wonder what led them to think that had anything at all i don't know to do with dr pepper (laughs) coke tried renaming the drink to get this dr pib you see where this is going right okay which also violated the trademark so they settled on mr pib no period after the mister (laughs) isn't that great it's, think, it's quite literally the same thing. I think I would have liked a Mr. Waco. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have worked out. In 2001, the Mr. Pib formula was revamped to have more cinnamon formula, and the name was changed to Pib Extra. And I never noticed this, but in the United States, ever since 2001, they have stopped selling Mr. Pib. Even though, like you said, you go to a restaurant and you say, can I have Dr. Pepper? And they say, well, we have Mr. Pib. They never say, well, we have Pib Extra. Right, but that's really what it is. But that's really what it is. There is no Mister Pib. It's, wow, it's all Pib extra now. Okay, which is really interesting to me. So, Jason, what is the next and final drink on our list here? Mountain Dew, Shannon, is is the uh, last drink that we're going to talk about this evening. So, Mountain Dew is a soft drink, soda pop, owned by Pepsi and was created in 1940 by two brothers, Barney and Allie Hartman. And what's kind of funny is that the two brothers created Mountain Dew for the purpose of mixing it with whiskey. 
Really? Okay. So these two guys were not pharmacists. Okay. So this is sort of the outlier of the bunch. Moonshiners, huh? Basically moonshiners. <laughs> and they just wanted something to to mix with their whiskey. And they and they, they lived in Knoxville. And some of the soft drinks that they liked, they had a hard time getting. And so they just said, let's just make some of our own. And so they, they made the soft drink not really with the intentions of drinking it by itself, simply to mix it into alcohol. But wow. after a while, they were like, hey, this stuff's pretty good on its own. It's all right. right. It's, it's, it's pretty good. And the, the, uh, the Mountain Dew name was actually in reference to some 19th century slang for Highland Scotch Whiskey. Oh, okay. okay. And so, yeah. and, and honestly, when you think about that, especially like in, in the Tennessee area, there's a lot of Scots immigrants yeah. that was there you know, over sure. the years. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. That is. Uh, in 1961, the Tip Corporation of Virginia bought the rights to Mountain Dew. And in 1964, uh, the Pepsi Cola Company bought the Tip Corporation, thus also obtaining the rights to Mountain Dew. And some interesting facts. Uh, I really love this one. In the 1950s, when Mountain Dew really started to kind of hit the stores, a lot of cities, uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia being two of them, created this really uh, like creative and intense type of advertisement where they had this soft drink, right, that had the reputation of being from Tennessee, being from the South, had something to do with like alcohol, right, yeah. sort of hillbilly type thing. And so they they created these scenes in like around their stores where they would have it uh, the Mountain Dew brought in by uh, a covered wagon. Okay, now <laughs> okay. obviously this whole thing staged, right? Yeah, just set up. And, yeah, and they would have people sort of dressed as these mountainous hillbillies to hop out and bring the Mountain Dew into the stores in, in these crates. And so word got around that that's how it was really being delivered. And they, huh. they tried to create this narrative of like this this stage coach is coming from the south and it's you know literally coming right up you know again this is the 1950s not the 1850s right yeah and they're delivering these drinks to the stores and it kind of uh you know i guess you know mountain dew started to uh, spread by word of mouth and it really generated a lot of interest mm. and so people started to come and, and watch the this wagon pull up to the stores and bring the drink in and it was sort of tongue-in-cheek but but it got a lot of people talking about it. That's pretty cool. Which is kind of cool. It is. Now, did you know in the Oregon Trail, there's actually a cheat code that if you punch it in, there will uh, appear Mountain Dew in your inventory? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, alongside the bullets and the wagon tongues. And, I was... I, you know, you, you totally had me with that for like five seconds. I didn't know where you were going with it. I'm not let you off the hook. Yeah. What up, 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 down, down, left, right, left, right. <laughs> I have two oxen and a case of moonshine Mountain Dew. I wonder if I could ford the river. Oh, man. Another thing about about Mountain Dew that people talk a lot about is the amount of caffeine, right? Oh, man. It's it a, will get you It's probably the up. worst, right? There's a good quote that goes with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this? No, Tal- Talladega Nights. Oh, yeah, what the is kid it? The says, kid? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I'm sure he is. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So there, there is there was so much caffeine in Mountain Dew originally that they had to actually back it down. And the, the version we know has been way back down uh, oh. in terms of the caffeine amount. In the original version, the caffeine was so intense and thick and prevalent in the drink that it began to crystallize in <laughs> in the bottle to where it it really looked like shards of glass that were floating wow. in the bottle. And when you begin to drink it, it would melt and all. But that was like literally caffeine. <laughs> shards of <laughs> that was just sort of floating in the drink and they thought that's not very appealing yeah that doesn't look too so nice. so too much caffeine so they had to scale that back a little bit uh obviously mountain dew is the fourth overall most popular drink uh, in america uh behind coke diet coke and pepsi and while there have been some really good contestants there with uh, mountain dew we've you know we've had surge 
right? Oh, man, the I drink forgot about Surge. Surge. Now, we, Surge was high in caffeine, too, uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, Surge, Mellow Yellow, uh, Sunkiss, kind of, those are yeah. the most, you know, drinks that are most like uh, Mountain Dew and Diet Mountain Dew. Sure. Uh, neither of those really can, can actually touch the real thing, no. right? So Just yeah. something enough different that's that it's right. not Mountain Dew. That's right, yeah. I think if I had to, like, live on a, at a deserted island and it was, like, either that or water, I swear I think I would go with Diet Mountain Dew. I, I could probably really? take, like, a Diet Mountain Dew IV. <laughs> like, you know, hook it to my veins, like, every day in order to survive, yeah. I love that. Have you heard a lot of the, a lot of the off-brands tried to riff on the names of the real thing? Oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, I love I, it. I do too. There's a, a cheap version of Mountain Dew called like Mountain Lightning. That's oh one. yeah, yep. Uh, there was one growing up. I don't know if this is still a thing, but Mountain Holler. You ever heard of that? Oh one? yes, absolutely. Yeah. And there's also Doctor Thunder. Doctor Thunder's a good one. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Thunder. Yeah. And you can kind of get away with it. I mean, I've I, I have no shame. Those are good drinks. They taste enough like the oh, thing yeah. they're supposed to taste like that you can yeah kind of be fine i'll tell you one drink that i really like that's it's a it's an off brand it's kroger brand but i mean it's awesome yeah. and it's 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 the diet mountain dew version of that and kroger very rarely has it because it like immediately sells, sells i mean just like instantly almost it's very rare i can actually catch it there but it's called uh not citrus drop uh, or maybe that is it citrus drop citrus drop Drip. i think so drop citrus drip or citrus drop I've seen whatever you're talking yeah about. yeah uh, oh it's very good yeah. yeah it's almost identical to diet mountain dew that's great yeah so jason anything else to say about soda pop soda pop or any other carbonated beverage before we get ready to close this out i don't guess so i know one soft drink that kind of uh, pops out in my memory a little bit like from school uh did you ever taste the soft drink tab i don't think i tasted it i've seen tab but I have no idea what that is. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? It's well, sort of what's like... What's it taste like? As be, well, I don't know if I ever tasted it, honestly. But, <laughs> but the reason it sticks out is that I remember being in middle school, and I had a science teacher that absolutely had a tab addiction okay really? yeah no really okay and so she trusted me like not to like you know jack her car and so <laughs> she would say jason here, here are my keys go to go to the parking lot get me a go tab. to my car bring my tabs in and so i don't <laughs> oh, know why multiples, like get, oh yeah get, get all the tabs yeah and okay. so she would literally have them in her car every single day and i would huh. go out there and you know that was just sort of funny you know looking back on that <laughs> I, would, I would come walking in the school every day with two tabs it was like i was like one of like the the delivery man one of the chosen few yeah i go by the front office and i'd be like you know hey stan hey marvin you know and oh that's just jason getting the tabs or whatever uh, stagecoaches around back fellas <laughs> <laughs> treat the horse as well yeah so I, I love soft drinks uh i love them too much quite honestly i know i drink way too much i don't drink sugar drinks diet drinks i have heard are really just as bad maybe in a different way so uh, i know that uh, anytime that i start to really kind of focus and, and drink water after like three or four days i really begin to feel better and it seems yeah. like i lose about two to three pounds yep even even though I'm not drinking sugar. Right. You know, so, yeah. Fun episode, good research, and uh, I think I'm going to stick with my seltzer water for now, although I do miss the burn of Coke. Yeah, well, I have a Pib Zero in my hand right here. You sure do. Yeah, it's it's not Mr. Pib, it's it's Pib Zero. That's right. Yep. Yeah. No and longer Mr. And these are also $1. Are they really? Yeah. So they're like half price of a, of a regular soft drink, I guess. Great. Although man. this is a, a Coke brand, so that's that's pretty good deal. I mean, look right there, Shannon. Yeah. It's zero, zero calories. It's zero everything. Yep. And to be fair, I can tell that you do not have scurvy. 
Just on, on a glance. I work hard. Probably on, attributed I, to the PIB zero. I, listen, if if soft drinks will cure you of scurvy, I, I may die of a lot of things, <laughs> right? Scurvy ain't going to be one of them. It's not going to be it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks to all of our listeners who are following the podcast each week. We encourage you to subscribe, share the podcast with a friend, and follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at slapdashpod. We'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Thank you.